Thank you, Lord. God is good all the time. Can I thank uh, Brian for posting it on YouTube and putting it on Facebook for us? We thank him for the work that he does here and also for his work that he does for mass teams. Thank God for those that are faithful and committed to the work of Christ. But I want to talk about the light tonight, or today. I want to talk about Jesus being that light. If we would turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, looking at the story of Jesus, I'm going to begin reading from verse 21 of Luke chapter 2. Verse 21, and I'm going to be reading down through to verse 32. It says, When the eighth day were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name is called Jesus, which was so named of the angels before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of, of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, uh, two young pigeons, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon, and the same was uh, man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit unto the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up and said in his arms, and blessed and blessed God, and said, let me get my eyeglasses here, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, and which thou hast prepared before the face of all of the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And I want to turn, if I would, to 1 John and read some verses here from the gospel. The gospel according to St. John in verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, um, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was light, and the life, the life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, 
and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believeth upon his name. But he was sent to be a light. I think because we were down in... Um, um, Where were we? <laughs> um, Kenny Bunkport. And while we were down there, there were hundreds and hundreds of people out to see uh, the, the lighting of the Christmas tree. And how many of them, though they went to see the lighting of the Christmas tree, they have not yet seen the light of Christ. And I thought to myself, how Satan has been able to obscure the light from people realizing that Jesus is that light. You know, this, this, is, this Christmas tree is lit up. But I want you to say, this symbolizes the light of Jesus Christ and the light that he has brought into the world. Prophecy concerning the Messiah. There are many prophecies concerning Christ and what his presence would bring to the earth. We see the Redeemer, the Devil Destroyer, the Healer, uh, Bondage Breaker, the Heart Mender, the Counselor. Scripture clearly states that he would be the light of the world. In Isaiah 42, 6 and 7, it said, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and withhold thy hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for light unto the Gentiles to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. John identified this light in John 1, uh, 1 through 12, as we've just read. On that morning in Bethlehem, God sent his, his light into the world to shine upon darkness and upon men's hearts. There are some things that we have learned about that light. Number one, the light of Christmas shines upon all men. And that's the thing that the devil could never do, is he can't seem to take the season of Christmas out of the world. So what he does is takes Christ out of Christmas. But I want you to know something. Christ will always remain in Christmas because this is the season of his birth. This is the time to say a savior came into the world and we behold him. I think of the Beatitudes as Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 5. You know, the, the Beatitudes are just the opposite of the way that man thinks. He said, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. And what he is saying is, is when we mourn over our failures, when we mourn over our brokenness, he said, I will give you peace. And we need to believe that. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the earth. And when we understand that when we recognize our poverty in spirit, we can turn to Jesus Christ who is able to equip us, to forgive us, and to give us position with him. Amen? But he says, they that don't mourn and they that, don't, uh, that, that are not meek, they that, you know, and we think of meekness as somebody that would say, Lord, I surrender my all. You know, God hates pride. And, and he hates the pride in me. And, and the one thing I've, I find uh, so often is, is that when the, when the patriots are, are on their game, you can become proud of the patriot. And God says, I'm, I'm never going to be proud of the patriots. I, I don't like pride at all. And so sometimes in our achievements, we, we can uh, uh, begin to look at that and begin to gloat. And God says, I'm not interested in your achievements. I'm interested in you. You know, many times in the charismatic Pentecostal movement, we focus on the power. But God said, I'm more interested in how you live than I am in the power that you seek. And that's the thing we've got to realize that, you know, up is down and down is up. And if we really want the things of the Lord, we've got to die to ourselves. 
We're going to say, Lord, the pride that is in me. That's why David says, search my heart, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And I think if each one of us were to bring ourselves before the Lord, the Holy Spirit would reveal in us the, the uncomeliness. And that's how we grow. We grow through honesty. We grow because we come into the light, and the light reveals to us that which is uncomely. You know, when, you, when you're in the dark, you, your hair may look good, and then you turn the light on and realize that it's sticking up on the side, or, or you got a rooster tail going on in the back or something, and, and you realize, oh my goodness, I, I, I've got to fix that. Um, and, and that's the way the Word of God is. When we earnestly come before the Word of God, it is the light, because Jesus is the Word. And the light is able to reveal in us everything. Why? Because I want to be like Him. Jesus said, be as I am. Well, how can we do that unless we come before Him expecting that He can do in us what we cannot do in ourselves? But how can it be done if we don't realize that we have needs? And that's really what the Beatitudes are all about. It's about recognizing that you have a need and humbly coming before the Lord and allowing his light to expose that the Bible says everything that is made of, 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 of hay and, and, and stubble and wood shall be consumed, but only that which is pure shall remain. So when we come before the judgment of God, he's going he's gonna to melt away all of the uncomely things and only that which is true and holy to the Lord. Some people are going to be real skinny. <laughs> I hope at that time I'm, 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 I'm a little overweight at that moment. But the Bible says this. He said, if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. And you cannot judge yourself by your neighbor. You don't know what's in the heart of an individual. How many times uh, we have been shocked when we find out that somebody that we thought uh, had some sort of character, had done some evil thing. And we say, wow, you never would have thought that. But the Bible says that we're judge we judge ourselves by the word of God. We talked about the laver, and I'll get back. But the laver was an article in the that was before you could go into the Holy of Holies, you had to go before the laver. And the Bible says that God commanded them to take the looking glass of the, of the women, which was made of brass, melt them down to make a laver. And in that laver was a place to wash the hands and the feet. And that laver represents the word of God. And so when we look at the word of God, it begins to, to illuminate the, the truth that is in my heart. I remember my wife saying years ago when she first got saved, she'd open the Bible and it scared her. <laughs> I, you know, because it was just so foreign to a, a lifestyle without Jesus. But it was something when you look at it, you realize, you know something, Lord, there's work that needs to be done in me. And really the process of life is that we become born again, and then what we do is we yearn for him, we grow in him, and we become the sons that God wants us to be. That's what the millennial reign is going to be all, is going to be all about, is that the sons of God reigning with Jesus. We will reign with him. But Jesus came to be that light. The light of Jesus shines for all men. God's light shines for everyone. And we wonder, why is it then that everyone doesn't know? And I'll get there in a minute. God is no respecter of persons. I want you to know that. He'll save the drunkard. He, he, will, he will look. In fact, he said, how many lawyers have we before us? You've heard me talk about that. We're not talking about Joe Boynstein. We're talking about lawgivers, those that were skilled in the word of God, but yet they didn't even know him. Do you know you could be religious and not know him? 
the Bible says uh, uh, in the word, he said, some will come to me and say, haven't we cast out devils? Haven't we done these great things? And he's going to say, I never knew you, you children of iniquity. And what is iniquity? It's a word of sin. And what that means is these are people that were functioning within the religious realm, but they never looked inward. They never said, God, show me the uncomeliness of my heart. They never grew in him. They never were earnest before him. God is more interested in you than he is in what you do. God wants to do a work in me, and he wants to do a work in you, and it's a process that can be very painful. He said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his... I'm going to tell you, to serve God is to take up a cross. A cross that it can be very painful. And that's why so many people forsake Christ because they're not willing. They don't want to bow before him. But the Bible said someday everyone will. Can you imagine being there when the devil has to bow before Jesus? He's going to, you know. The Bible said every creature, everyone in the earth, beneath the earth, in the heavens, shall bow before the Lord God. Almighty. We put uh, Christmas lights out for everyone to see. And John 12 and 46 said, I have become the light of the world. And whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. You know, maybe... You come to a place uh, where, you know, I've really given my life to God. I really feel like uh, uh, things are going well. And all of a sudden, something comes up in your life that stuns you. God knew it was there all the time. But you see, that's what the refiner's fire is all about. He doesn't do it all at once because you'd explode. He doesn't reveal everything within you that he wants to transform all at once. He does it through the process of sanctification. And that's what we need to be. That's why the Bible said be patient in your salvation. Be patient with God. I've seen people, they come into the church, and they're here for three or four months, as I said last week. And, and all of us say, well, I'm not getting changed quick enough. This isn't happening. And what do they do? They leave. And they'll say, well, I'm not going to sit in the church and be a hypocrite. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to sit in this church until the refinest fire has had its way with me. I think of the woman and the unjust judge. And she came to him. Now, this is the story Jesus gave us. And she came and she requested of him a judgment. And he refused and she just kept coming day after day after day. And finally he gave her what she wanted because she persevered. He said, we need to persevere with the Lord. We need to say, Lord, I will not be refused. Lord, I need you. And if it takes 10 years, I'm going to be there. If it takes 20 years, I'm going to stay before the Lord. Amen? I am committed. I've made up my mind. I'm going to serve the Lord. It isn't easy sometimes to serve the Lord. Because it isn't easy. Could you think it was for Jesus when he carried that cross up on Golgotha? They beat him. They mocked him. They, they, they scourged him. They pressed that crown of thorns in his head as a mockery. He lugged that thing until he collapsed. And another servant had to finish carrying it up because he was so uh, beyond himself that he just fell under the agony of it. There's going to be times in your life you're going to feel the pressure. You're going to feel like, oh, Lord, I can't do this anymore. But you know what? The Lord said, be committed to me. Stand with me. Be faithful. 
The Bible said they that commit to the end, the same shall be saved. In other words, I will not be refused, Lord. God, you do the work that only you can do in my life. So I think I look at Ephesians 5.14. It says, Wake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. When I look at the light of Christ, that it gives me life. Man is born spiritually dead without the eternal life of God. The light of God gives the life of God. The light of God gives the life of God. Isn't that wonderful? And, and, and the Bible said it's me and you and you and me together. People uh, wonder what the salvation is all about. Not changing our ways, not doing right things, or stop sinning, or going to church. Salvation is a new way of life. In other words, God can't just pick the rot out of you. But he has to rebuild you, remake. That's what the born-again experience is. I have become a new creature in Jesus Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. When we approach God through works, it does not please him. And you'll hear that in the world. Well, I've never cheated. I've never done this. I, and, and the world goes by a, um, a standard, whatever that standard might be. If You know, I've seen thieves with standards. I've heard thieves say, well, I do steal, but I never steal from anybody uh, that doesn't have insurance. They have a standard. <laughs> and, and you look at it and say, wow, that's quite a standard to have. But people have standards. Everyone has some sort of standards. I said to a man one time, I said, uh, about his brother. I said, oh, yeah, I know your brother. I said, but he has quite a drinking problem. And he looked at me and said, he doesn't have a drinking problem. And someone else told me later, he, he drinks more than his brother. <laughs> so his standards are different. But they, but the, what they do is they t they use their standards as a means of some sort of dignity. And God said, "You can't bring your dignity." Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are they that sorrowful about their lives. And those that will say, "Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm undone. I'm unmade." In Luke 11 and 42, it says, But woe unto you, Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rule uh, in all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and, uh, and the love of God. These ought yet to have been, have been done and not to leave the other undone. So in other words, what he's saying, okay, so if you want to live by some sort of standards, let me tell you this. I, if I'm going to measure you by those standards, you will find yourself wanting. But when we come to Jesus and we say, Lord, here am I. You do with me as you will. When people come to the light, they receive the life of God. As I said, how can a person walk in the light of God? Well, John First uh, John uh, 1 7, or actually in John 1 7, he said, If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with the other, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Isn't that wonderful? If you walk in the light as he is in the light, you shall have fellowship one with the other. You see, the world, you can't have fellowship with the world. You can talk about the weather or how, or, or how good your eggs were this morning. Uh, you can talk about many of things, but you can never really have a deep, meaningful relationship or conversation with those who have not been enlightened because they will not see the way you see. 
I want to look at the power of darkness and how it cannot put out the light of Jesus. Satan has worked hard in trying to keep God's light from shining in the world. Satan and his angels are called rulers of the darkness of this world. Raised up people to destroy the Bible. Raised up people to teach humanism. Tried to discredit the ministry. Attempt to pass laws to put out the light. Tried to extinguish the light through the persecution and, the, and death, etc. Satan cannot put out that light. I'll tell you this right now. The more he tries, the greater. I'll tell you this. When church goes into persecution, if you look at history, it always flourishes. When the church goes into persecution, it always flourishes. Why? Because you can't put this light out. This light is in each and every one of us. We look at the disciples, in fact, and anybody who examines the disciples, even non-believers will tell you that surely they believed because most all of them were put to death, except for John. But John, even though he was never put to death, he was thrown into a cauldron of boiling oil. Can you imagine what psychologically that would do when you're looking at a cauldron of boiling oil and you're thrown in? But the Bible, but not the Bible, but history says that he swam to the other side of the cauldron and got out and was unharmed. That's the power of God. He died of old age. He's the only disciple that died of old age. But he lived on the Isle of Patmos. He lived and imprisoned. He went through horrible, horrible things. But when people study and they say, surely these men that believe in Jesus have surely experienced something magnificent. And I pray that each and every one of us would experience Jesus Christ. So he cannot put that light out. In Proverbs 4 and 18, 18 and 19, the way of the righteous is like uh, the first gleam of the dawn. Think about that when the sun is just coming. Which shines ever brighter until the full light of the day. But the way of the wicked is like complete darkness. Those who follow uh, it have no idea what they are stumbling over. And I know how that is, getting out of bed at night. And, you know, if I had to go to the bathroom or something, I mean, you know, and you're saying, I hope the clothes basket wasn't left there. If it was, I'm probably going to be in it. But you see, that's what it is to stumble in the darkness and to grope in the night. But see, we're not of the children of the night. We're of the children of the day. Anybody that's ever had a bar experience knows that that uh, bars are, are deliberately dark. But then at 1 o'clock in the morning, they'll turn the bright lights on and everybody staggers out into the street because they, they walk in darkness, because that's where sin dwells. But we are the children of the light. So could you imagine what uh, it says here in Proverbs that, that we are like the, the, the early morning dawn, but as the day gets goes on, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And what he is showing us there until Jesus comes, there's going to be a brightness. And the world can't hide it as much as they would like to. God is the light. Satan would have, have to destroy God to put out that light. And that is not possible. He thought he accomplished it when he put Jesus on the cross. But when he put him on the cross, the light shined that much brighter. I'll tell you what, Jesus is that light. And there'll be no need of any, any light there, for he will be the light even of the new city. What does Satan do instead? He covers the hearts and the minds of the people with blankets of darkness to prevent uh, them from seeing that light. In 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 3, and, uh, 3 through 4, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world 
hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, <coughs> who is the image of God, should shine upon them. You know, when you're witnessing, when you're believing for your children and, the, and, the, and they don't see, you know, that's spiritual warfare. We've got to understand there's a God of this world that blinds them. So what do we need to do? We need to come against this, this blanket of blindness. We've got to bind it in the name of Jesus. We've got to say, Lord, I, I declare war over, the, over what uh, Satan has done to those that I love. God, that their eyes would be open miraculously, Lord, that they would see even as I See, you see, when Jesus did the miracles, I think of of, of the blind man. And, and he prayed. He said, he said, you believe that that you, you you'll see. Yes. But Lord, help my non-belief. What we need to understand in this is that even the, the, the healing of the blind man was really a metaphor of the healing of the human heart that we might be able to see. I think of the one that says, I see, but I see men as trees. And he prayed for him again, and he saw clearly. Sometimes I think Christians, they see men as trees. They don't see clearly. But God wants us to have perfect vision in him. You see, the word of God will not, uh, it, the Bible says, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish because their eyes are blinded. But you know, I'm believing God that many, many eyes will be open to see the glorious Jesus that I serve. I think of the tears of Jesus as he was uh, just before he became the Passover lamb, before he was crucified. The Bible said he went up onto the high mountain there and he looked over Jerusalem and, and, and the people of Jerusalem were celebrating the Passover. You know, people can get religious and not know God. There's a lot of religion out there that where people never come to know God. And the Bible said he began to weep. And he said, Father, only if they knew who was here for them, but they couldn't see. I think to myself, who would reject Jesus? He, he's love. He wants to give us eternal life. He comes to take nothing from us but to give to us. He wants to take the old, decrepit life, and he wants to replace it with something meaningful and something bright. He came as a gift to the earth. And I say, Lord, how could anybody reject that? How could anybody reject that? Would you would you reject a a, a brand new Rolls Royce if it was given to you? And in nineteen seventies NBC that gave Johnny Cash a brand new Rolls Royce. He didn't reject it. But yet there are so many when, when, when what God came to give us is greater than a Rolls Royce. It's greater than all of that. And yet people reject it. The Bible said through one man's sin, we've all become sinners. But through one man's righteousness, because of the life of Jesus, we all receive life. And you say to yourself, if the Bible said we all receive life, why are so many not living in that life? And there's only one way. Is that the gift is left on their doorstep and they kick it off, rejecting it. But it was there for them. But they refuse it. And I, my heart breaks. When I realized, and I said to you a few weeks ago about the Ten Commandments, if the Ten Commandments would live by, could you imagine the wonderful world we'd live in? We wouldn't need a police force. We wouldn't need a military. We, we, we would, could you imagine the utopia? That is the life we will live in, in eternity. But we're living in a broken world. A world that rejects the things 
of God. In Matthew 5.14 through 16, it said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men. In Philippians 2, 13, he says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless. And I looked at that word harmless. You see, because when we come to murmur and we begin to, to dispute, if the world sees that, it could bring harm to them. We ought to be the most joyous people in the world. I am determined. I've made up my mind. I'll serve the Lord. I'm going to live in the joy. And I'll tell you this right now. Every morning we should pray. Lord, let me receive and see your resurrection reality. Let me live in that reality day by day. Let me count my blessings and see what the Lord has done for me today. Yesterday we had a speaker, Dan Mahoney. He's given his whole life to the Lord. He has two uh, different uh, uh, places in Westbrook and South Portland for addicted people. And, and I, I went out and looked at it, uh, and I saw his car, and his tire was almost flat. So oh, yeah, I have to keep putting air in it. This man has given everything. And, and he looks so tired. Yesterday when he came to studio, he looked so tired. But yet I want you to know that the only thing that came out of his heart was praise. The only thing that came out of his heart was, was how he and his wife and NSS repair. Because I asked him the question. I said, how do you keep yourself well? Working with, with, in such a ministry that, that, that doesn't have a lot of reward. Because you see so many people fail. He said, in accessory prayer, we give ourselves before the Lord. And we realize that we cannot do the work. It is God that does the work. We're just faithful. And it's the same thing as a pastor. You put out the, the food and you pray for the people. But only God can give the increase. I can't own that. And people will come and people will go. And in my heart, I feel like Jesus at times when, when I get up there and look down and said, Oh, Lord, only if they knew that you were here for them. And yet, so often they wander. In John 15, 5, I am the vine and ye are the branches. How beautifully illustrated the word of Jesus. Ye are the light of the world. Jesus is our light source. He gives, he gives light that would dwell in us, that others would see that light. Our life serves as a means of that light of Christ to shine through us so that all may see that beautiful Christ. You know what Jesus said? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. How many know that when people see us, it may be the only Bible they'll ever read. It might be the only Jesus they'll ever see. So that's why the Bible says, you know, don't murmur and don't complain, but be be." happy and glorious all of the time to realize these temporal uh, setbacks these these temporal aches and pains don't even compare to what is in store for us in heaven i mean i suppose we could we could get with uh older folk and 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 they may say well my knee hurts is that right well my knee hurts and that one hurts too and i've also got a bad right shoulder <laughs> kind of like jaws you know the movie where you know that was a more eel oh yeah you don't see anything yet that's what we're, you know what i mean they're comparing scars 
when the Lord said we ought to be comparing glory. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I have difficulty in my life at times. Yes, sometimes I have to go through certain drudgery. But I'm going to glorify the Lord in all things. The light of the world has been born out of the heart that he might continue to shine. To a dark world. We sing, we, we teach our ch little children saying, This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Yes, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I remember that part. But the Bible says that ye are the light of the world. He said, Would you take a light and hide it under a bushel? No, he said, Let it shine. I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ. I don't apologize for that. I am here to give you the good news. When you realize how real hell is. You know, people don't like to, to talk a lot about hell. But Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven in his earthly ministry. Hell is real. And when you really believe that, there's an urgency to save as many as we can from the from the pitfall of eternal damnation and being eternally lost. In Acts 26, 18, it says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they might receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So I'm going to end with this. Each one of us should strive to let that light of Christ at this Christmas season to shine from us, to be a joyful people. And I'm going to tell you, there's only one way we need to be. We need to be worshipful. We come into the house of God, come expecting God to move. You know, I think in some churches people come to to evaluate the sermon. To give it a, 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 an F or an A. But we're not here to evaluate a sermon. We're here to, to get into the presence of God. We're here to say, surely when I leave this house, I have been with him. In the temple, and I'm closing, in the temple... In the tabernacle in the wilderness, the Bible instructed them that if they come in by the east, they were to go out by the west. And you think, well, why did he instruct that? Because in order to come in at the east and go out of the west, you had to come before the Ark of the Covenant. You had to come before the very presence of God. And it was instructed unto them, don't just come in. But come in and pass by his glory. That when you exit, you have his fragrance. You have his joy. And that's really what it's about. Lord God, empower me for this week that is yet ahead. Lord God, I thank you for the day in which I live. I thank you, Father. And, and, and we, can, we can look and, and we stand as soldiers. Having done all to stand. We cannot look to the right nor to the left. David counted the army. And God was so wroth with him that he counted the chariot. And he counted the horses. And he counted the, the military. And God said he was angry with David because he said, David, have I not fought your battles? Have I not been there for you? And now you look at chariots and you look at horses? And you look at men. So what God is saying to us is keep your eyes on Jesus. We're living in a day of deception. The Lord told us it would be that way. There was a, a church, I guess it's a mega church. And, and for Christmas they had trapeze artists and all of that. And... Uh, my word, where's Jesus in all that?
you know? What we need to understand is, do I walk with him? Do I know him? God is doing a work in my life in these days that I'm living. He's really been working in me, and he's saying, I want to work in you and through you, and that I would be glorified. And what we're doing on, with Simple Faith is we're getting all of those people that are out there that are working so hard and, and not necessarily being recognized and say, let's become a family. And, and Dan Mahoney says to me, he said, I feel like I'm a part of the family. I said, you are, Dan. We are a family in Jesus Christ. And we're going to share the word of God. There are many out there. There are many out there on the front lines and doing extraordinary things for Jesus, let me tell you. I'm not going to be like Elijah that said, I'm the only one left. And he says, I've got 7,000 more like you that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. And they're out there. And God is banding us together that we might be of one mind and with one strength and one purpose and with one Savior and one Lord and one light that the world may be enlightened. And the Bible, and what we realize is that Satan is so wroth he is so angry that the light still shines. You look at what's going on in Washington. They're coming against the light because they know that as long as that light shines uh, uh, with us here at Harvest Hills, they canceled our insurance. And then they gave us a new insurance that is more than twice the amount, over 4000 some dollars a year. See, they're going to do everything they can to cancel the light. But my God can supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. They're canceling bank accounts. They're doing whatever they can. But they cannot counsel, uh, cancel Jesus. He is the light. Would you stand with me, please? People go to Christmas lightings by the thousands and they don't even understand what the light represents. That's the blindness. But these lights represent the light of life and that's why we, we, we put lights. And we are the light of the Lord. And he says, ye are the light in the, in, the, in the rising of the sun. But as the sun gets higher up to the coming of Jesus Christ, it will only get brighter. And that is what I put my hope in. My hope is on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Let's all bow our head if we would this Christmas season in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of worshiping you. We thank you, Lord, that even though we seem to be living in what they call a woke society that is trying to cancel you, Lord God, you said that even though the light be like the early morning sun, that as the day goes on, it would be brighter. And Lord Jesus, that the light will not be canceled, but it will become brighter and brighter and brighter as that which is around us gets darker. And we thank you, Father, for the privilege of serving you. I thank you for every single person that's in this sanctuary today. Lord God, each one of them are a gift. Each one of them are a blessing. Each one of them <coughs> represent more than all of the wealth in the world. Because you dwell within each one of us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can come and play something. I, I just let's just take a minute. I thank you, Lord. Let's just take a minute. I I, I could rush, but I just want us to think about what we just heard and that is that 
Jesus loves you. You're not lost, not one. Even though you're going through hard difficulties, you're going through uh, issues with, with, with maybe with relationships, know this one thing. My God, he's in control. And we can love him and we can stand with him and, 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 uh, and, and just, just go on in him. Hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. Go ahead and just play something for a minute and, and let us just think about the word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you are that light. Thank you, Father, that we can bask in your very presence. Lord, that we not be hasty in leaving the presence of God. Lord, that but our hearts would be filled with your word, your righteousness, your joy, your peace. God, as we go our way this busy day, Lord, when we meet with others, that they will see the difference. They'll see the light that's in our hearts. Jesus, we just want to receive you in a mighty and a great way today. Transform us, Lord God. Make us ever new. Let us be hungry for the change that only you can do in each one of our lives. For Father, you said you came. You sent your Son to make the crooked path straight, that it would lead into the very arms of God. We ask you, Father, become so real in our hearts. Lord, for our children. Lord God, for those that are around us, Father, that they would know. Maybe it's mothers and, or fathers or, 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 or brothers and sisters. Father, we pray for them that they might know you even as we know you. Help us this to be the most special Christmas season that we have ever encountered. And let your peace be with each one in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be dismissed. God bless you.